where we'll go on with our first item, and it's to do with agriculture. Now, John, you and I know very little about agriculture. Did you ever milk a cow? Oh, I did indeed. Oh, well, that's more than I did. Yeah, I was an expert that's at, at agriculture the basic level of it now, when I was no. 12, but uh. since then I have <laughs> very little experience. Yeah. But anyway, we have, we have two um, very well-qualified guests this morning. Uh, we have Paul Bugler from our own uh, staff here on Scariff Bay Community Radio. And from O'Callaghan's Mills direction, we have Martin McMahon. So, uh, gentlemen, you're both very welcome this morning. Hi, Jim. John, how are you? Thanks, Jim. Thanks, John. Welcome, lads. I suppose, John, we've been listening there recently to, um, with with COP26 and our governments entering various commitments. And one of the commitments is the reduction of methane. In the in the atmosphere, and I just referred to a cartoon in the Clare Champion this week, where you have a picture of a cow, and she's kind of bemoaning the fact that uh, she's the she's responsible for the mm. whole lot of it. Indeed. Uh, well, <coughs> Jim, Martin, and Paul, um, we had hoped to have a, a third person joining us, but unfortunately, she is out in Budapest, she and that's Emily Roscombe who is doing mm. the research for her doctorate on the very issues that Jim just mentioned there, emissions. Yes. Okay. And I remember asking her, Paula Martin, I remember asking her when we did interview her some, um, some months back, uh, how do you actually know how much, uh, you know, uh, emission is emerging from a cow? You know, we had views of, of somebody holding a cow in a bag at the rear end or whatever, you mm. know. But, oh no, she said... We, we have this glass enclosure, okay? Put the animal into it. We, can, we might be measuring the impact of feed, for example, particular kind of feed on a cow. And, and we were fascinated because Jim and myself, in our mind's eye, we were looking through this glass cage, which is sealed, and it measures the actual uh, uh, bad habits of the cow. Of the cow. Yes. <laughs> so, anyway, she's in Budapest. We we can't get on to her. So we'll have her again. And we'll have you back with her. Yeah. When I think one of her, just from listening to the station here over the last year or so, I think you've referenced Emily's um, studies. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the key areas that we're going to have to kind of find out an awful lot more about. If we're going to deal with the methane issue, and methane now has become an issue. We always yeah. talked about carbon for the last number yeah. of years. Yeah. But now methane, and as Ursula van der Leyen um, described it this week, it's that low-hanging fruit um, when it comes to climate change yeah. but one of the things in dealing with the methane emissions from bovines is the diet and what it is that they you know eat and can we change the diet to reduce the methane it's one of the Would areas you, of research actually on that score now, I mean you're feeding cattle aren't you over the winter yes and Martin you're feeding cattle feeding yeah. Would you be, and they're, they're indoor presumably, mm, would you in. notice would your, your sense of smell pick up a rising level of um, um, of methane, methane gas in wintertime. No. No? And Paul, you, you no, kind of... No, I wouldn't. Methane. I, no, we, we, when we talk about methane and we talk about the agriculture and it's, yeah. it's, it's created the whole debate this week, but methane, yeah. there are sources of methane other than agriculture yes. um, right around the country. What would like, be the dominant ones there? Landfill, I suppose, Mar- Martin. I suppose, and I suppose... 
the, the thing that's not looked at at all is the amount of flying and the airplanes and the, the damage that they're doing and it's all about methane but I think that you know there's an awful lot of research to be done with this methane like <coughs> Professor um, the, the, new pro, the new man in Chagas is talking about O'Mara Professor yeah. O'Mara, he's talking about that there has to be a huge amount of research put into mm. this. Yeah. I think there is because I think, like, it has been taken that methane is, is the cause of an awful lot of the problems. But I think there's an awful lot of science yeah. will have to be put in. And like what Paul says, maybe uh, maybe changing the diet might, yeah. might help. But maybe methane isn't the big problem that they think it is. And I suppose... The other thing is, CAP was set up originally to make sure that there was a, 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 a good supply of food, of food within yeah. Europe. Yeah. And uh, CAP kept down the price of <coughs> food mm-hmm. in order to keep inflation at a low level. Right. Now, they have changed the whole thing and they have forgot about the supply of food and yeah. how important it is. The, the population is increasing at a huge rate. Yeah. Food is the most important thing on everyone's table. Every morning they meet the pint of milk, whatever to have for their their, their kids and their family <coughs> is so yeah. important. And I think we're beginning to lose the run of ourselves about all this methane. No, is it going to be the is it is it the big the big thing and the end all? Yeah. I think food is more important, the production of food rather than looking at this. And I think that yeah. You know, there's a lot of other things at play that's okay. causing a lot of problems. Okay, Paul, how would you react to that? I think that Martin has, as a man says, he's thrown the ball in. <laughs> <laughs> as any good Mills man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's me. You know they're in a relegation battle, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, once they're in, once they're in, we'll just start using the, using the hurley then. Okay, we'll give it an old white get corner back. So, Paul, on the point that Martin is making there, in fairness, I, I think it's a, it's, 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 it's a well-made point, and maybe we could tease that out a little bit if you take the national herd take the Irish national herd yeah. 1975 we had 6.214 million cattle in the country how many vines. again Paul 6.214 million cattle in the country million yeah. right that's what we had in 2018 we had 6.593 million cattle in the country I think we have approximately 7 million cattle in the country at the moment bovines yeah. that includes the beef cows the dairy cows yeah. steers yeah. heifers the whole lot mm. so that's approximately an increase over 50 years of about 6, maybe up to 10%. So that's your percentage change in bovines in Ireland over 50 years. Now, I'll bring you back to... Maybe now, these are factual. Oh, this is from the CSO. Yeah, this yeah. is the beauty of the CSO. You can pick out the data. You can yeah. use the data okay. stats that okay. are there. You might remember in school, after milking the cow, John, when you went into school. Continue. <laughs> when, we, when we did maths... You had an equation. You know, you yeah. remember equations. So an equation, one side of the equation, you have a set of variables, and then you get a result after an equal sign. An example. Okay. An example, x plus y equals z. Right. Or x plus y plus z equals yeah. m. Yeah, you know, so yeah. three or four variables create an equation, create yeah. a result. So in an equation, something remains constant or it changes. If it remains constant, it doesn't af- impact or it doesn't affect the result. If it changes it can have a huge impact on the result. Yeah. So if you square it, it has, the, it has a big impact. If you double it, it has a big impact. If you, you, know, if you exponentially yes. change it, it has a big impact yes. on your left-hand side. So if yeah. we take climate change as the left-hand side of the equation, this is what has happened over the 50 years. And look at the variables in that equation. As I've said, cattle relatively stable in Ireland over the 50 years. Take cars, just on the roads. As a comparison. 1982. We had 882,140 vehicles on the road. That's R- 1982. Yeah. Just under a million. Yeah. 2017, 
2.675879 million vehicles on the road. That's an increase of 203%. Now, what's that saying to our listeners this morning? I'm just trying to use kind of basic maths to you, maybe the points that Martin was starting to make there. And I'll come to the flights. <laughs> I'll come to that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a minute. Just trying to use basic maths just to make people think a little bit about climate change. And we all accept, I fully accept, 100% accept climate change is an issue. I can see how climate has changed over my own lifetime as a farmer as well, most specifically as a farmer. So there are variables, is the point I'm making, to create the equation, to create the effect that is climate change. And I'm just yeah. taking each of the variables and trying to kind of give an illustration okay. about how it is that okay. they're operating. The last one, so in this equation, if we take it, if we take cattle, if we take transportation on the, on the ground and take flights. And this is data from the World Bank. 1970 in Ireland, how many flights? 1.476 million. That's the amount of flights we had. Relatively small. We weren't a flying country. How many flights did we have in 2018? 167,598,633. That's an increase of 11,352%. In flights. 11,000 percent Mm. over the course of 50 years. So I'll bring it back and back to Martin's point. If you take the equation as climate change and take the variables that are in the whole mix that create the climate change, the ones that really seem to have remained relatively constant over the period are agriculture. And the ones that have created a huge change or have made a huge change in how it is we live, which you would then think impacts on climate change, are those transportation and especially flights. So, so what, I'm no, quite prepared what, to have what, the debate what, on agriculture, absolutely, 100%. And I think we have a big role to play, a massive role to play, but I'd like to have a broader debate. We have 30% of the emissions in agriculture, but we have 99% of the debate. Yeah. And again, Paul, going back to where you are now, this is a global thing. It's not just an Irish thing. It's a global thing, and it needs to be tackled as a global, as a global thing. thing yeah. And Paul has brought up about the flights, and he has brought in the various different yeah. things that's causing the problem and showing the difference. Agriculture, as you said, is really stable. Mm. It hasn't really changed. Is there, is there a, a kind of a subtext uh, to the concentration on agriculture at at, let's say, a European level. In, yeah. That incorporates Ireland is what it goes to. But I suppose uh, they're taking agriculture and, they're, and, they're, and it, has been, it has been brought to the fore all the time, every time now you listen to yeah. anything, it's all about agriculture. You think agriculture was going to be the bees all and ins all if, if you took away all the cattle and, and that was going to solve the problem. You really are not going to solve the problem. And even they're saying now that even cutting the numbers of cattle still won't solve the problem. They'll say, right, well, thank you. You cut the numbers of cattle, but you're going to have to do something else mm-hmm. in order to create, such as plant trees or whatever. Yeah. I think the forestry play, are going to play a big role, and mm-hmm. I think they have a big role to play, and I think that they want to actually be able to to, co- to actually do what they need to do, the forest. I think they have a huge... In, have in a huge what import. way, I suppose they have to do more planting, and they have to make sure that as they take out trees, that they're planting as much back, and if not, maybe even more, to, to help to solve the problem. Different different species to what we've traditionally planted? Do you think? I don't know that now, Jim. I, I, John, I don't know have that to change the thing or will, will it do, is any tree doing? Like they're saying that for us, it uh, draw our single farm payment, we're going to have this eco-type mm. um, schemes yeah. where there's, we have only about five measures <coughs> in it and one of them is planting trees. There's about five measures, but... The five measures is not enough. I think that it's going to be very important for all farmers to be able to draw that eco-scheme, and I don't think it will be possible. 
because there's only five different measures and I think in Europe they have something like 25 or 35 different measures. Mm. So okay. that's that's putting us at a disadvantage yeah. because mm. we have all different types of agriculture. As you know, we yeah. have beef, we have dairy, we have tillage, we have all different types and different types of land. Mm. So we need a lot more okay. schemes to be able to draw that scheme. Can I come mm. to you on that? Yeah. When I was driving down this morning okay, to the yes. studio, I passed a mobile uh, what would you call it, Jim? A uh, mobile caravan. Caravan. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was Timmy Dooley's. He's now gone on the road, and good luck to him. You know, it's a, the American idea slipping in. Mm. Okay, here comes, uh, there goes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, in relation to the in the connection that I have now in the mind between what you said and on forestry, for example. And uh, let's say a politician like Timmy and any of the other politicians, irrespective of what party they belong to, you know, we have been hearing week after week of trouble getting a license Mm. to plant, to plant or, believe it or not, having planted to extract. Correct. And do I see, I hear politicians participating in that with the decision makers who are the decision makers? So you talk about, uh, let's say, uh, uh, looking at, uh, let's say, forestry uh, and see how that can be adapted, you know, uh, to suit our needs. Yes. It's not essentially yes. what you're saying. Yes. And we're saying here on a, a community radio, and we're saying it nearly, Martin and Paul, week after week, the same thing. For God's sake, will you sort out the licensing issue. I fully agree, Mr. John. Yeah. I fully agree. There's a huge problem. Mm. Our, 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 the cost of timber mm. has nearly tripled yeah. because we can't cut our own mm-hmm. timber. Isn't it? Well, it is mean, crazy. How do you and, feel and about we, that? You have a great point, <laughs> mate. That's one of the things. Yeah. Is that is that is the license? Yeah. The license very so simple. Yeah. Give the license for cutting down the timber. Well, the no, other, the other, the other major thing. Well, yeah. now that you've gone into that, John, is look at what they've done the other day. They brought in a shipload of, of peat yeah. in from Latvia. Yeah. All the way. And the, the amount of oil and burning that was in the ship bringing over a load of peat into a country that's shaking all over with yeah, bombs. Yeah. And tell me this. We're on a run on this one now. <laughs> because, because I say you'll stay senior. Do you know the, the um, uh, reality in relation to Money Point? We, we had great great excitement here mm. over the last month or two months as we reflected in the station mm. and commented on you know the development of money point and marine and marine wind okay? yes. and the the partnership between the norwegian uh, state company mm. and esp and what do we find on wednesday this what day is today saturday, saturday, isn't it? saturday. i think it was thursday. On, uh, was it thursday? Thursday. thursday on thursday Norwegians decided they were out the opting out. Two billion project, they're out. And why the excuse the exec- chief executive gave was um, planning problems. Yeah. No yeah. structure to handle the planning. This is the point, I think, John, I was just going to say, the reason that Eleanor or the reason that yeah. the Norwegian Wealth Fund yeah. pulled out. And it's the same, it's the same principle or the same, or it's skirting around the same issue with the forestry. Yeah. And it's, you can see elements of it in the climate action plan that was presented by the government this week. We have this extraordinary ability, and we can see it with the cap, how the next cap mm-hmm. is going to be introduced. We have this extraordinary ability to create layer upon layer upon layer of administration to the point where we choke 
initiative and kind of make it impossible to do something. And it was good, actually, that the Norwegian Eleanor Crow, I think it's Eleanor, isn't it, the name of the company? Yeah. What, uh, the Norwegian Crow specifically referenced that. And it isn't about circumventing planning or undermining no, no. planning. It's about how it is that we don't seem to be able to do things in Ireland. We seem to be able to shovel on layer after layer of bureaucracy, layer after layer of administration to the point there where we are now where we can't actually achieve things, we can't actually do things. Just take another example from the Climate Action Plan with the, the cars, the road, the road users' cars. One million electric cars, you know, for the roads by 2030. Shit, that's daft. In all honesty, you have to call it daft. We haven't an infrastructure. We're talking about having rolling blackouts this winter to, in, 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 in our electricity production. And we're talking about a million cars. There's no point in this. This... The whole issue is far too serious, climate change and, and, and how it is the world is going to evolve over the next 50 years. It's far too serious to be doing these type of um, presentation Tommy, things. T- Mickey Joe is above in the valleys of East Clare. He's listening to you this morning, you know, and uh, he's wondering, do you know, what's Paul and what's Martin and Jim? What are they going to do about it? Talk, is it? Yeah. Well, I suppose, John, the the important thing is to sit back and take a a deep look at the whole situation and and not to be running away with ourselves and thinking that the whole world is going to fall asunder if this isn't done immediately. I think the research and the amount of time, you can't... Rome wasn't built in a day. (coughs) It's going to take a bit of time to see where the problems are and how you can tackle the problems. You can't just drop drop everything and run. It is like what Paul says about electric cars. That's impossible. It's just impossible. So you're because saying as Paul says, we're going to have cutouts in electricity. If we had all these million cars, who, where were you going to plug them in? I, I would I would disagree slightly <laughs> with Martin now. And here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I would disagree slightly with that. I don't believe we have the time, actually, myself. I, I, I really don't believe we have the time. But I believe we're starting from a point where it's just more about the presentation rather than fundamentally dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And you talk about the man up in the valleys of East Clare. That man is probably living a life, a very simple... We do live relatively simple lives in East Clare. And that's where you have to look at, you know... There's, I think we're starting from the wrong place with this, with, with the methane or whatever it is, or with the cars. The basic thing here is it's, it's, we live on a planet that has a finite set of resources. You know, mm. there's only so much we actually have. You know, in the right. same way, your farm only yeah. has so much, Martin. My right. farm only has right. so much. So when you start from there, we all understand that. So I can't make my farm into the Golden Vale no. dairy farmer. No. You know, so we have to recognise we have a set of resources and they're finite. And there's only so far we can go with them. Our whole economic model right around the world on a global scale has been predicated and based on economic growth. We have to have a percentage of GDP increase every year or else the whole thing falls asunder. Until we move away from that mindset in how we think about things, and this is like the man in the valleys who more than likely is living a very simple life, until we move away from... I'm not saying go back to kind of um, turf fires and dancing at the crossroads. It's not that. But we have to move away from this economic model whereby we have to have economic growth to have confidence. We have to shift our way of thinking. And the one man that I did hear talking about this in a different context 10 years ago, um, in, uh, maybe as a rabbit in the headlights a little bit with the shock that was coming to the system was Brian Cowan mm. <laughs> actually talked about this. That, and it's an awful thing to say when you think about it, but maybe it isn't. 
You know, we think about the way we've lived. Our ch- he said our children may not live in the same way that we lived in the past. He was talking, in, in the financial crisis he was talking about at the time. But there was truth in that. And there's truth in that vis-a-vis how it is we live now with climate change and how the planet is actually changing. But that's where we have to start from. Jim, not about methane. That's Paul, where we start Paul, from. Paul, there, it seems to, to Jim and myself anyway, because we've talked about this on and off the radio quite, quite a lot. And okay. And um, we're thinking, um, why should anybody do anything I mean mm. them you see we have, we have this lovely tendency I think here in Ireland to speak of them now who them would be uh, is of course open to debate but the decision makers and we've allowed democracy if you like to evolve to a point where we'll vote that's our expression first expression of democracy okay and then after that, we leave it to them. Mm-hmm. And that is a problem if you want to change culture. So how do you actually start with the children and those who are not children to become sensitive to the reality of, in fact, the climate problem? Mm-hmm. Because all the policies in the world won't, won't work unless, in fact, it filters down into the mindset of the citizens of a country. Well, well, we can start with our own country. Yeah, I think you, you, you and I, I can't think of any other issue. And Martin has been a bit involved in politics. I'm a bit involved in politics. I can't think of any other issue that has actually captured um, the passion and the imagination and, 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 and the desire of young people. And I talk about young people, I'm talking about pre-voting people. Yes, but this is it. This is the awful dilemma. This is the awful position we're in. We're bequeathing or bequesting a world to them that's in not great shape, you know, and um, they're kind of stepping up to the plate now very quickly, not even necessarily being able to vote yet, yeah. but kind of not afraid. I get it at home. I get it from from the young lads. You know, they're they're zoned in to what it is, the environment or what it is the climate actually is now in a big way. Yeah, in a because big way. they're getting it at school they're getting with school. green it's, schools. And, yeah, as and John says, it's a culture. It's becoming a culture and that's fine. That's absolutely right. You know, it, it doesn't, there's nothing wrong with that and we have to where we are in life or society, we have to adapt as well ourselves. We have to adapt. No, as a farmer, there isn't a day you go out, but that you have to adapt. It could be raining or it could be sunshine yeah. or there could be a flood coming down the road or whatever. You adapt. And it's, 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 it's how we survive in that we adapt. Well, I, I, just suppose, I suppose the one thing that has changed in my <clears throat> lifetime is uh, food has got extremely plentiful. Right. There's no scarcity of food in anyone's house or anyone's table in Ireland. There's 700 million people Going to bed hungry in the world. Mm. That's a major problem. Yeah. And I think the young people, you know, they never had it as good. They have they have top class schools, they have top class education, and they're never short the food. Mm. And I think they're looking at the environment and they're saying, Oh God, the world is this is going to happen if we don't do this and if we don't do that. And we see that young girl, Greta yeah. yeah, she has a huge following now and she arrived in Scotland and You'd think the Lord save us, was God Almighty was after London and they were going to change the whole world and what they're not going to do. And then you see the politicians of the world arrive into Scotland and they see these people and they're saying, God, you need to do this and you need to do that. And they sit around the table and they say, God, if we don't do this, Greta and her crowd, they'll turn the world upside down. And we're li- are, we, are we gone t- t- too much towards listening to 
people who are not even finished school, they're only at a, at a point that they haven't, they're even their education finished, and they're now scientists, and they're now so advanced that they're saying, oh God, we'll have no world if we don't change this. Yeah. Can I, yeah. And I think food, I think the food is on their table. They don't even know where it comes from. They don't know about the men that got up this morning and went out at half five or six o'clock and brought in the cows and milked the cows. They think it came out of a bottle or out of a factory. They don't know where it's coming from. And I think that we'd want to come back a small little bit towards reality and realise, God, there's still a huge amount of people in the world hungry. I just wanted to um, kind of bring it back towards agriculture generally. Yes. Uh, maybe the discussion and and Martin you have a role within the ICMSA the yes. Irish Creamy Milk Suppliers Association both of you mentioned CAP there a while mm. ago and CAP presumably is the common agricultural policy That's can I just ask from the point of view of a listener who mightn't have a clue what CAP is uh, and I'm one what is CAP? Well CAP, CAP was set up uh, set up originally to make sure that there was a sustainable supply of food and that Europe would never be shocked of food and it, in order to do that, the farmer was sub- he a farmer as a producer of food was subsidised to to produce food at a cheaper rate, and in and by doing that you kept down inflation, and that was the whole idea cap, mm-hmm. and now because I suppose in Europe there's no scarcity of food it's loads of food because of cap, and now they're saying right the most important thing is climate. And they have turned away. But for a farmer and for the listener out there to know, the the cap is the payment that the farmer gets to subsidise the production of food. If if, If that didn't happen, if he didn't get it, and if the next round of cap, which looks like won't be, there won't be as much money in it for the farmer as there has been in the past, and if it's not made farmer friendly from the point of view that he can draw the next round of cap, then the price of food is going to have to go up. And nobody has mentioned that and I think that for our listeners and for everybody, they need to realise that if cap isn't is doesn't perform like it has done in the past, the price of food has to rise because the price of oil, the price of feed, the price of fertiliser, everything is going up, and we can see that the price of every import, such as timber or steel or everything, but, so but, ca- but, the price of food will have to rise. But, okay, it, it does, and they are all the inputs, and we've had a most extraordinary back end of the year here vis-a-vis fertilisers, vis-a-vis um, the potential price next year. Yeah. But CAP won't be able to... F- if it, 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 We're in very peculiar territory on, on the cost of inputs next year, but CAP won't be able to follow that, Mark. It won't be able to follow it. At the rate it's gone, we can't just say we, we're going to increase the CAP budget because it's under pressure anyway inside in Europe. We're, we're going to increase the CAP budget to follow the price of the inputs. But Something then, isn't quite right in, in, in how then, we're doing then, it. Paul, if CAP can't follow it, then the price of that food is definitely the price of the cattle, the price of the milk, the price of oh, yeah. tillage, every imp- everything. Food is going to have okay, to rise. But can I ask you this, Yes. Dad? Um, uh, when you talk about CAP, it's not unfair to say that you're talking about the relationship between uh, increased production stimulated by, in fact, guaranteed prices. Okay. That was the okay. yeah, true. What happened in the countryside then was wholesale, if you like, spolio, wholesale, wholesale destruction of mountain, mo- commonage, okay, the headage, the famous sheep headage sheep, scheme, yeah. okay. Yeah. And, uh, Wine and lakes, butter uh, mountains. Absolute, a whole lot. Yeah. And I mean, when you think about the damage that was done to the mountainside and the common day uplands of Connemara 
due to. We had, you know, weekly reports from the Galway County Council that they were borrowing, I was going to say borrowing, that they were driving tank loads of water uh, to the various, you know, mm. outlying areas of Connemara because, in fact, they'd have been over, over, uh, what's, uh, over... Stocked. Uh, stocked, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> the students in the, in the college did a study at the time of the impact which CAP had on land usage. And they took a line from uh, Mogavins and Mount Shannon, which is up in the upper uh, reaches of it, down to the actual village itself. And they examined the, the, the biodiversity or changing. It was a shocking, a shocking result, really, mm-hmm. because it showed that if you actually give a grant and guarantee the price of it, then I'll produce as much of that as I can, Mm -hmm. irrespective of what the consequences will be on the environment. Is that a fact, Noel? Tell the truth, lads. Well, I suppose at a certain point it probably did, but the big big killers, if you like, in all of this has been the the good mans and the huge big big factories. A lot of cattle was produced and the farmer never got a set price at the end of the day. He had to take whatever he was given. He is never. That true? Oh, that is true. Yeah. He well, never. Was, he yeah. never. He never could say, "I want X for those." The factory determined exactly what he was going to get, mm-hmm. and in most cases, it, the cartel existed. There was no difference between one factory and another. Well, you can see that in 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 prices. You, you know, can. They, they, yeah. They're presented in that way yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, now lads, yeah. you could, <clears throat> we we could be at this all you week. Could. Now mind you, <laughs> What do you feel, as farmers and as citizens, what do you feel uh, you're able to afford to actually contribute to the debate in terms of, of uh, our, our climate change? And I, okay, just before we go off the cap, I suppose. Yeah, I think the cap is really important, like what Martin says. It's something that's kind of out of, almost out of living history now at this stage. It was created because of the food shortages, mm. the chronic mm. food shortages that were in Europe at the end of the Second World War. That's the reason it came. There were horrendous mistakes made, and you referenced them there, John, um, in the administration of the CAP over its various iterations. I feel myself now at this stage, notwithstanding, and I'm always nervous and uneasy about the level of administration that we seem to be able to create and generate in this country, whether it's in the offshore wind sector, or whether it's in the forestry sector, or most especially when it's in the, the agricultural sector, I feel the CAP is nicely balanced now between environment and food production, mm-hmm. taking account of the fact that the consumption of beef, for instance, is starting to reduce around the world. I'd love it if the whole place, you know, but it starts. So we're in a much better p- position to produce the proper environmental standard beef. So as CAP has evolved and developed, yes, there have been a lot of mistakes with it. I myself feel as it stands that it's nicely balanced now for food and the environment with the with, with the codicil that we have a great ability to put those bloody administrative and bureaucratic standards onto it. Your second, the question you asked now, what can I do as a farmer? I'm quite happy to do every bit I possibly can as a farmer. I think it's very important, even at an individual level, because like Martin was saying there, when you look at all this palaver, I woke up last Monday morning and I've turned on Morning Ireland and I listened to RTE or over in Glasgow. Why did RTE need to be in Glasgow? Why was there six government ministers need to be in Glasgow? It's absolutely daft. You can do all that. There's no need to be travelling over there if we're so concerned about the environment. But going back, bringing that back to what I can do as a farmer, I try and balance my farm now. You know, I try and 
take care of biodiversity as much as I possibly can. Whether example of that. A bee meadow this year. I planted a, an area at the back of my sheds. I just kind of tilled it up and we put in a bee meadow so there's bees in that all what? summer. Or oh, a bee. A bee, the, a bee the, like the, everyone now is putting in is putting in beehives and yes, producing yes, honey. Yes. But I think which make, they're going to need more food. There's no point putting in hives. We'll try and create something to create some food for neighbours' yeah. bees. So are you going to continue to expand on that kind of, of course, operation? Yeah. How does, about does you, Martin? Well, see, I suppose I, I'm... Yeah. Uh, Suckler farmer, and uh, I suppose I'm my land is fragmented, and uh, I uh, I have to go from farm to farm and do that every day. But definitely, I will do whatever is necessary to be done based upon the science. I think science and chagas are going to have to play a huge role in telling us what we need to do. And I think farmers are very willing and have always been willing to make sure. Like, we are the custodians of the countryside. Mm, we it. are the people that has looked after the land for the last two or three hundred years. Our fathers and forefathers have looked after it. We are the only ones. You never meet anybody coming out from a town saying, God, I'll go out and give this fella help to look after the land. It's all down to the men on the farm. So we have done it for the last hundreds and hundreds of years. We'll continue to do it if we're allowed to do it for the next hundreds and hundreds of years. We will adapt to whatever is needed based upon science. It has to be all down to science. And we will be looking forward to people coming up the like a Chagas, giving us the research and putting a huge effort into that going forward. Yeah. So I think that's very the, the, I know we've all, we've been looking at this and the reports of both climate change and COP26 through the prism of the media, which is often it, it paints its own picture. The, uh, the, the Mickey Joe in the valley isn't going to have to reduce the size of his herd by 30%, you say. And, um, well, that's what we hope. We hope that, that that numbers won't have to be cut because, like, the Mickey Joes that are out there are getting very scarce. As yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's yeah. very little people coming into farming. Yeah. Our neighbour is yeah. getting further apart every day yeah. and, yes, yes, and yes, more yes, scarce. Absolutely. Is this a I, fact now? This is a fact. It, Our neighbours are getting less on the farming and there's less full-time farmers. Mm. There's very few full-time farmers. Yeah. Farming has gone to a stage now that yeah. it is you have to have a job with farming otherwise it won't pay yeah. because the Larry Goodmans of this world are creaming mm. off the cream that's well, coming off these yeah. farms. We're yeah. not getting back what we should be getting. Martin talks about the science, but if you, you can use the science, and you can use the data as well. Yeah. If you take the data, take the, the national herd at the approximately 7 million, mm. and this is on the Mickey Joes again, yeah. you can see it's, sta- it's, it's staying relatively stable, Jeez. but it's staying stable because the beef herd is reducing, the beef suckler cow herd, if you want, that side mm. of it is reducing year on year for that very reason that Martin is talking about. More, basically, people just dying off Correct. or retiring Correct. out Correct. and the dairy Correct. herd is actually increasing to fill that gap that's what's actually happening on the ground that I think that po- that poses I know Martin was at the ICMSA that poses uh, that poses a challenge um, in this new context of climate change and environmental farming because well, the dairy has gotten very intensive in the last six or seven years very intensive they're doing away with the milk quotas I think was the biggest <coughs> mistake that was ever done in this country and I'm maybe talking against ourselves as, yeah, no, no, as maybe surprised but I feel it was wrong and I said it at the time I was actually quoted I was in clear of him that morning and I said quotas were introduced for a purpose and the purpose was to keep a floor in the price of milk. And mm. by doing that, you kept you kept the dairy cow to a certain amount, yeah. and that kept a floor in the price of milk. You do away with quarters, and you widen it up to the, to to produce it. And what it has done in Ireland is, an awful lot of the tillage men who are vital have changed their system of farming. They've yeah. gone into dairying, and you must remember that 
tillage is vital both for the dairyman and for the beefman because we need his grain to mm. feed our cattle and we need his straw for to rear our calves in both the dairy and the suckler herd. You can't have calves without straw. And we need him. Yeah. And now there's an imbalance in the whole system because straw is getting dear, grain is getting extremely dear, and if we're going to import grain, we want to cause another problem. You bring, it back, you, bring it, this about, you, you bring it back full circle. In, in, in this delicate yeah. balance that's there, in, in yeah. pushing the tillage man over now into the three 400 cow dairy herd down yeah. the southeast, we're having to bring in the grain now to feed those three 400 cows Good. from rainforest cleared South America. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, so it's in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know... Uh, <laughs> Will we bring them back? Oh, God, we'll I think because we have to. Because there's loads of... We haven't, st- <laughs> we we haven't, haven't gotten to Brexit yet. We haven't Brexit. mentioned Brexit Or, or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and yeah. I know Paul is, is in a bit of a rush this morning. And but Jim, yeah. do you know something Probably. else? When Paul started with the B, uh, it, it, it's a, a, a micro contribution, but an important one with regard to the B meadow. That's all okay. I can do. But I and, do again, and again, how yeah. important honey is oh, for us, yeah. because it's a health, it's a health right. problem. Absolutely. And the other thing, before we do leave, Paul, that's, that's, that's a major problem, is the amount of plastic that's going into the sea. And mm. I maintain that the next generation won't have enough of fish to mm. have omega-3 and omega-6 are vital right. for your health. Tell and me. there's another problem. Yeah, Plastic is a thing that needs Jim, to be we have, we have to wind it up. Okay, okay but my last one is... <laughs> could, I, could, I, could I ask you Could I ask you to consider uh, whether there's possibilities for micro-generation of energy on your farm or in your neighbourhood? Okay. Yes. Uh, uh, that would be a major... We're trying to push it. That's the bee in our bonnet. It yeah. certainly yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Jim. And we've discussed that with Paul. That yeah. it's, been an exi- yeah. it's been an exciting kind of a yeah. uh, half an hour, lads. Yeah, it's uh, good. Listen, it's, good. it's yeah. been great having yeah. the two of you. And, I mean, it's it's fabulous. Hopefully our listeners enjoyed it and, <laughs> and learned something yeah. as well. Do you know? <laughs> Thank so you very much. Not at all. Thank thanks, you so very much for having us in. That's very good. Thank you. Martin McMahon and Paul Bunker, many thanks for coming in this morning. Welcome. We were we were in the course of discussion talking about democracy. It was mentioned a few times. So here's Leonard Cohn Leonard singing Cohen. democracy. It's coming from the field that 